Welcome to Catavan Cast, Van Life with a Cat. I'm Ben Don. I'm Frey. And this episode we're going to be talking about campervanning in France, I suppose. Yep. Is the Might as well start at the beginning. Start at the beginning. So this will sort of set the precedent for episodes going forward. We'll take it country by country in the order that we did it, really. Did our trip. Yeah. Um, we didn't do all the countries, but we did most of them on our route. Um, Indeed. Certainly all the, the big camper van places, um, or motorhoming places, however you want to call it. Um, so I suppose, and obviously this will all be done from the perspective of um, British citizens travelling in a British registered vehicle. Pre-Brexit. Pre-Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course there's that. Uh, so, we're recording <laughs> so we're recording this during a time where no one can travel. And by the time anyone can travel, all the rules will have probably changed. Yeah. So this is probably useless. Excellent. Fantastic. Um, <laughs> At least we've told people now. Yes. And they can tune um, out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so with that in mind, first things first is getting there. So there is a fairly large, not insignificant body of water between the British Isles and France. Yes. About 30 miles, I think. About 30 miles. Um, and there's only really two options to get there either by ferry or on the Eurotunnel because the Eurotunnel is probably depending on where you're going um, certainly where we were going it would be more convenient uh, because it takes you further inland you can get on it further away from the coast in England and you get off it further away from the coast in France Okay. Um, because it doesn't just go from coast to coast Mm. Um, obviously the ferry does but I think the ferry was what about £80 cheaper yeah, uh, it was £84 for both of us plus the van there you go so, uh, yeah. and it, it takes about an hour if, yes. if that to get I think it's just under an hour isn't it I think it's so. about it's about an hour so it depends how choppy the water is exactly um, yeah and it's you know you can actually get out on the I'd, I'd like to go in the Eurotunnel on the way back just for the experience because I've never I've done it I've never done it no. no but when you're on the ferry you can, I mean I'm sure there are refreshments on the Euro tunnel but you can't go outside and have a look at the sights no there are no sights you're in a concrete tunnel which I think they missed a trick they should have done it like the big tunnels in Sea Life Centre made them yeah well, make it see through although there'd be see through of the channel where it would just be a lot of murk yeah a lot of um, grey yeah um, um, fun fact did you know that the tunnel was actually built from both sides and then met in the middle? Was it? Yes. Wow, did you learn that from an episode of QI that we watched <laughs> <I> together? <did. laughs> um, so before going, I suppose maybe this should have come first, because before going to France, on this is true for most European countries, uh, you need certain driving, you need certain equipment in your car. Indeed. It is a legal requirement. You can buy EU driving kits how much did ours cost about 20 pounds i think so yeah 20 25 yeah they're not too i think they're not too expensive but they're it's a lot cheaper to buy one of these kits than it is to be stopped by the police and not have them Indeed. because you will face fines and these include a breathalyzer yeah now, that's less common but that is you i think it's like a it says on there i think it's like a 25 euro fine on the spot if you don't have your breathalyzer on you. Uh, 11 euro. Oh, okay, maybe not. Um, 
So you need to have a breathalyzer on you. There's a, a warning triangle for if you have to break it down. Yeah. Uh, a high-vis vest. Uh, coming from the UK, you will need um, reflector stickers for your headlights. Yeah. Now, this is any country where you drive on the right, not the correct side. In Britain, we drive on the correct side. Everywhere else, you drive on the right side. Um, yeah. So, when you're driving on the right, you need special reflectors on your headlights so you don't dazzle other cars. What else is in that kit? Um... Warning triangle, fluorescent safety vest, which you've already said. Yes. Um, breathalysers, uh, spare bulbs. Oh, for your headlights? Yes. Spare headlight bulbs, yeah. And that, that's all included in the kit? That's all in the kit. Okay, so you have to get a specific kit for your... You I'm need, not you so know... sure. I'm not so sure. Um, because there wasn't... When I bought that one... There wasn't any mention of it, if that makes sense. Oh, there were just bulbs in there? There were just bulbs in there. Oh, so, okay. yeah. But those are the three big ones, so if you break down, you are, you can be safe. Yeah. You can put in your high-vis vest, you put your warning triangle, I think it's 10 metres behind your vehicle? Yes. Yeah. 10 metres behind your vehicle, and if your bulb breaks, you've got bulbs. And yes. if you're drunk, the police don't have to bring their own breathalyzer, I suppose. I guess. Yeah, it makes uh, it more hygienic. For France, also, your high-vis vest has to be within reach of you as the driver. Oh, so you can't keep it in the boot? No. You've got to be like, under your driver's seat. Yeah, or in exactly. The you have to be able to reach it without like, taking Get, your belt off. Getting out of the seat, yeah. yeah. Makes sense. Um, whereas the passenger one, or you know, however many others you have, once you've got yours on, you can then you can get, get out, out of the vehicle and get... Yeah. Others, so yeah. Yeah. Have at least one accessible. Yeah. Uh, other things you'll need driving. I imagine this counts for any foreign vehicle in France. Uh, you will need the physical copy, your original copy, of your uh, registration document. Yep. Which for British vehicles is the V5, so not a photocopy. No. Although if you are travelling, it's obviously advisable to take a photocopy mm-hmm. in case you get stolen. And your insurance certificate. Which, yes. Is that the green? Um, yes, it can. So before leaving the UK, if you get in contact with your insurer, especially with Brexit looming and how long we were going to be out, they mm. recommended that we have this document called a green card, mm. uh, which lists that you will be travelling in every single country where that green card is valid, and you do have to give them a list of countries that you're going to to receive that. Okay. Um. Yeah, and so that's you need a, to have that as yeah. well. I would also recommend having your insurance documents printed and having those with you. Yeah, that's not a legal requirement, but yeah. if, if it comes up. Yeah. yeah, so it's basically proof that the vehicle is yours and proof that it is insured yeah. by somebody. Um, it's also law in... I'm not sure whether this is the whole EU again or just specifically certain countries, but you need... If your registration plates on your vehicle don't have the little EU banner mm-hmm. on the side, you need one of the big GB magnetic stickers that go on the back. Yeah. Um. So they know where you're from, I suppose. I guess. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um. And in terms of additional equipment for your vehicle, that's about that's it. I would also say that it sounds silly to mention it, but might as well mention it. 
um, you need, you can't drive outside of your country on a provisional license. Yeah. So you need a valid, full license to be able to drive. Yes. Um, on that note, I mean, I would like to think no one's got their provisional license and is thinking about travelling abroad. Yeah, they might. Crazy people. Uh, but it's worth noting that uh, France, with all their, they have all their speed limits. Yes. Do you have your speed limits to hand? Yes, I do. Okay, so. Their speed, rim- uh, speed limits differ on wet and dry roads. We'll focus on just dry roads for now. But yeah. as, as a rule, wet roads are just lower yeah. than the dry roads. Um, so on toll motorways, uh, it is 130 kilometres per hour yep. as a speed limit, or that's 80 miles per hour. On dual carriageways and motorways without tolls, it's 110 kilometres or 68 miles per hour. Mm. Um, on other roads, single carriageways perhaps, things like that, it's 80 kilometres per hour or 50 miles per hour. In towns, it's 50 kilometres or 31 miles per hour. Um, but that's usually, that starts where you see a town name sign. Yes. One of the rectangular ones. In Europe, this is generally across Europe, Mm -hmm. um, and even outside of Europe. When you'll be driving along the road and you'll come into a town and you'll see the town name on a sign, that is actually, that also works as a speed limit sign. Yeah. When you see the name of the town, and sometimes they have a, like a drawing, like a silhouette of a town. Yeah. Not the, not the town, but just a, a town silhouette. That is 50, 50 kilometres start here. Yeah. And then on the other side of the town, there'll be the town name with a big red cross through it. Yeah. And then you're back to... 80 kph or whatever it was before um i'm gonna bring that up because if you technically if you only pass your driving test within three years your limits are actually reduced in france they are but that is a legal thing but legally you're not supposed to do that but then in france you have to have a, a sticker on the back of your car for three years for three years so you know well back home what is it it's the the green p isn't it yeah which is optional yeah. You can have that for a year, but in France you have the equivalent of that, but it's mandatory for three years, and they have to drive slower. So if you see someone with a sticker on the back of their it's car, an it's an A, there you yeah. go, and they're driving a bit slower than the speed limit, and you're getting fed up, that's why they're legally not allowed to go any faster than that. Yeah. Um, so we touched on toll roads. We don't need to get into all the tiny little nitty-gritty details about laws and things. No. Uh, the thing with the toll roads, now this ties in with uh, getting the ferry to Calais. So we got from Dover to Calais. Mm-hmm. And, we came, and we headed straight down towards France. And you get on this road. And we didn't realise it was a toll road. Nope. But that's just the way we went. Yeah. Um, very nice road. Now the toll roads are... Excuse me. The toll roads are very good. Uh, I think they're just like a motorway, really. But a little bit quieter because... <laughs> Well, we'll, we'll get to that. It's a toll road. Um, but a good tip for people in camper vans, motorhomes. They they do have service areas, like petrol stations, places to get food, things like that. Uh, we didn't stop in any in France. Uh, but they do have what they call airs, yeah. which are little rest areas. And, but they have toilet blocks. They have uh, sinks and drinking water and bins and things. And you are allowed to sleep there. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of truckers do that. 
there. And it's quiet enough, you know, to separate. It's off the road. It's not just a lay-by. It's completely off the road and there's trees enough to try and deaf out the sound yeah. of the toll road. Um, so we stopped in one of them. It was very nice, very quiet. We didn't spend the night in one. No, we had breakfast. We had breakfast there, yeah. Um, but we say so we didn't realise it was a toll road. We only realised when we came off the toll road and there was a booth. Yeah. And we were on there for about an hour, I think. Mm. And it cost us 27 euros. <laughs> That's burned in my mind. <laughs> That's over 200 days ago, and that... Yes. Not stopped um, going on about not it. Stopped, but, but, there, but no, there were no signs when we got on that road to say it was a toll road. There was nothing as you're driving along reminding you that it's a toll road. Mm. You, you just come off, and obviously they've taken a... I don't know whether they took a picture of us when we got on, and then when you get off, it's flagged Maybe in the system Maybe, because what, obviously but, it was the first time that either of us... Maybe we missed the sign. Yeah, that's Maybe. what I mean. So, but just I'd say watch out for it. But I don't know what to watch out for, um, because we we got off and we pay and they take contactless, you know. Um, which thinking about it, if you're trying to do this, set a uh, uh, solo rather, if you're in a British van, trying to do this trip on your own, mm. stay the hell away from toll roads because you'll have to get out of your van to pay. Not <laughs> necessarily get out. Bit. You just slide or across. Slide across. But yeah, the, the toll roads are very expensive in France. They're very good roads, but they're very expensive. They're notorious for being expensive yes. as well. Any like traveller, anybody who's been on a French toll road will say that it's probably the most expensive that they've ever used. Yeah. Um, but luckily, most sat-navs have the avoid toll option. Yeah. Which is highly recommended because, you know, we got caught out. Um, it's to say that the toll roads... So they do have the rest areas or have the service stations. Of course, we started avoiding the toll roads. Now, just for point of reference, we came into Calais, we went down to Paris, and then we sort of headed north, east towards Luxembourg. Mm-hmm. So we just did a bit of the northern region. We also dipped back in uh, later on to Lille. Yeah. Um, but from our experience in northern France, once you come off uh, the motorways and the toll roads, petrol stations can be very limited. Yeah, they're few and far between. Very few and far between. Uh, we didn't have that in the south of France. Not so much, no. Um, but northern France, we're going to cover the south of France in a separate thing. Yeah, when we get there chronologically. Chronologically, because that's a very different experience of the north of France. <laughs> um, but, yes, so don't think, oh, maybe we should get fuel, I oh, will go to the next, the next, next one. Yeah. If you see a petrol station, use it. Um, speaking of in France petrol petrol or diesel whichever diesel is cheaper than petrol across, pretty much everywhere actually yeah across most of Europe um, Britain is the one of the anomalies in that but yeah don't don't chance it mm-hmm. uh, and it's not it is cheaper than in the UK again I'm going to be comparing things to the UK because yeah. that's our point of reference um, it is cheaper it's not the cheapest in Europe but it's not the most expensive either no it's Reasonably well priced. Um, people driving in roads, you don't really have to drive any differently to anywhere else, to the UK rather. Not no really, one, no. no one's especially aggressive, there's no weird rules. Um, it's just you're on the other side of the road. Yeah. And that takes a little bit of getting used to. Again, mm. obviously, if you end up driving during rush hour on a Friday, that's yeah. going to be. 
you know hectic and crazy but i think most of our driving it's just the way that it's ended up we kind of tend to do it when there's less people on the road yes so it works out for us um which no that doesn't really bring in i'm sorry looking at the notes i'll I'll skip some steps um (laughs) so move on to campsite availability i'm listing this now because france is I think more than other European countries, so heavily geared towards accommodating motorhomes and camper vans. Mm-hmm. There are campsites everywhere. We got to, it took us to get to Greece and we bought, uh, was it the caravan or the camper van club? ACSI is the acronym for it. And the ACSI camper book. And that's, that's two books, it was like 20 euros, I think. Yeah. And it's two books that just list every campsite that's part of this scheme. The good thing with that scheme is that the book has the set prices for you. Yeah, they're standardised prices, and as far as I can tell, the campsites themselves are standardised. Like somebody. Yeah, there's a there's a, a quality you can expect. Yeah. From these campsites because they're listed. Um, so you get two books, and it's like two thirds of one of these books is just for France. Mm. Like you will not struggle to find somewhere in France. Um, we did not stay in any campsites in France. Um, but we didn't have um, to. No. Again, you have all the the airs on the toll roads, but then, as we'll get to later on, you have. I think we need a, a term, just a, a like a camper van parking spot for no. Um, what have we got? Like a camper van service area. Okay. Because they have like like where we st- we'll come to it better, but like where we stayed in Reims. Yeah. Um, they have plenty of places in and around cities which are dedicated to. Or some parking spaces specifically for motorhomes and camper vans, and there are services specifically for them there. Yeah, uh, which we'll touch on in Reims because that's the first time we experienced one. Because um, the other thing to worry about in France when you're driving around is emission zones and toll roads. Yeah. Um, no congestion charges is what you mean. Sorry, congestion charges. Yes. Um, we mentioned in the first episode that there are many apps where you can put in your the details and emissions list of your vehicle and it will tell you where these areas are and whether or not you can go in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Germany is probably the worst and France is... Well, except Italy. Italy is its own thing. Italy is um, just, yeah. We'll, we'll get to With that. With the exception of Italy. Yes. Uh, France is one of the worst for these yes. places. Um and so, I suppose, chronologically, the first place we went to was Paris. Mm. And Paris has a great big ring road that goes all the way around it. Basically, anywhere within that, you need... Well, it's an emission zone. Yeah. And basically, unless you have... I think unless your diesel van is about two or three years old... Yeah, I think you, diesels like, is like Euro 6 now. Yes. In all like, of these places. They're very... Especially, you know, like proper Western Europe, they're very strict on what can come in and out. Yeah. Um, you can get stickers, but you have to buy them online to display. Yeah. Um, it's, but it's then you have to plan before you go and all the rest of it. Oh. <clears throat> Excuse me. But there are alternatives. Um, and you can get these apps that will, you know... We did have to use the app which showed us where the area was and sort of cross-reference that with our sat-nav to yeah. make sure it wasn't taking us through there. But we managed. 
Um, so we first went to France. We actually no, we we parked up in uh, Compiègne. Compiègne. Well, out, first stop. Outside of Compiègne, out in the in the woods, down a dirt track. Yeah. Very adventurous for our first night on the continent. Um, <laughs> next to a little lake. Next to a little lake, um, and there are plenty of areas like this. Just places in, especially out in the sticks. Yeah. Uh, and we were there in off season. Mm-hmm. Well, we were the the very the very tail end of the season. This is the yeah. end of September, so the very tail end of the season. And as we said in the first episode, generally in these car parks, because we're not invading on other people's lands, we followed signs and tracks to this yeah. dedicated an actual car park. Uh, as long as you don't leave a mess or make noise, you're welcome there. Yeah, you're not blocking anybody. You're not making yourself a nuisance. You can stop there. So we stayed there, we headed to Paris, and we ended up parking on the edge of one of the, the big parks. Yes. And then we <laughs> and then we walked in <clears throat> towards the... We went to go see the Eiffel Tower. We did. We did, uh, because so it's Paris. Because it's Paris. <laughs> so we parked, uh, again, there was... You were sort of off the main road, next to... Really should have looked at where what that big restaurant was we parked next to, because it's famous. Um, I'm just about to do that. Okay, well, I'll, I'll carry on while you're yes. researching that. Um, so we decided to walk it. It's a, it was a long walk through the park and into the city itself towards the Eiffel Tower. Because the Eiffel Tower was quite separate from everything else, mm-hmm. sort of on the other side. So we decided to do that. It was, it was a long walk and we were both very out of shape at the time. We were not exactly in shape now, but we're used to walking around now. Uh, so that was quite the hike. Um, but it can be done. Um, it can. But, we did it. Yeah. But we learnt the next day that Paris has a good system. So obviously there is the metro, things like that. Um, and it's €1.90 per ticket. And that's a single ticket and that will get you... That's on metros, that's on overground trains, that's on buses and trams. There's €1.90 per ticket, that's per trip. Uh, the caveat with that is you... That's per... Per trip, I should say, because you can't get on the metro and then use that same ticket to get on a bus. You'd have to get a separate ticket for that. But what they do do is you can buy a big pile of 10 single tickets for €16.90. Yes. And for two people spending, we made about three or four trips on that. Mm -hmm. But we we had two tickets left over, so we made four trips. Yeah. Um, And that did us that. We could get around, so we got into Paris, have a look around, and then come back out. Um, but that was the next day. Yeah. Have you got the place? Yes. Yes. It's the Grand Cascade. La Grande Cascade. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah. So we we didn't realise it was famous until we saw it. We've seen that it's in like, films. I know this. We know that. Um, and we took the long walk into Paris. Uh, but the biggest, I think, big of a bit of advice we could give about the Eiffel Tower specifically. Is, don't get your hopes up. Yeah, really don't get it. It was a very <laughs> unpleasant experience, it has to be said. Yeah. Um, I'm sure people have had wonderful times there. But... But this is what, like, as you said, we were at the tail end of the tourist season. Yes. And it was still that busy and unpleasant. Yes. You know? So... So if somebody was to go, say, normally, not... During quarantine, obviously, but normally at about this time of the year, mm. it would be hell. Yes, because <laughs> so it was just uh, we're recording this in early May. Um, so yeah, if someone was to go now, 
it will be... It, yeah, it would be hell. It would be... Because you can't get... The Eiffel Tower itself is surrounded by a huge barrier. Yeah, glass barrier. But you can see through it, yeah. Uh, and you have to pay to get in there. And then you're just below it. But then if you want to climb up it... Now, obviously, you'd, you'd have to pay to go up it. Yeah, That's yeah. The, yeah, but to get under it, where there are uh, food places and things, uh, you have to pay to get in there as well. But the outside of it is surrounded and very heavily concentrated with guys trying to sell tat mm. and they're the aggressive sellers as well yeah. like they will come up to you and shake your hand and try and put jewelry on you you get um young girls asking you to sign petitions and then they want donations yeah because someone comes up asking you so can you sign this for you know deaf kids or something i don't yeah. know you think oh okay i'll sign a petition that doesn't hurt oh can you give a donation as well it's like ah, right like, and, no. then it's, uh, and then I think I pulled out 50 cents and I'm like, oh, have you not got more? And I, all right, nice. No, that's the enough. thing. Like, all the other donations on there are 20 euros. Yeah. Uh, and I they, like, no. So they come out, I had a guy come oh, like a t-shirt or something. And he's like, oh, this. Um, I don't know, because I had a band t-shirt on, I think. And like, oh, I like that band on, all this and all that. And he's just shaking my hand. I'm like, okay, well, I'd like to leave now. And then he's trying to put, no, 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 no. And he's keeping my hand. He's yeah. like, okay, right. No, I don't like this now. Let me go. Um, Stranger danger. It's, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's it's constant. It's relentless. That's that's uh, the thing. Like, if, you can't escape from it. No, if you just glance at some horrible, tacky, little glittery, no offense to anyone who's got one, glittery Eiffel Tower statue. Like, you just look at one. They're like, oh, do you, uh, you want the, like, I think I just look English because I speak English straight away. Um, <laughs> Maybe. But no, the Eiffel Tower was uh, not a pleasant experience. That's for that's us. what I mean. It's quite, it's the relentlessness of it. Yes, that gets to me. Like it was worse than Morocco. It's yeah. It's not just around that glass barrier around the Eiffel Tower itself. It's also in that park. Yes, that's next to the Eiffel Tower. So you can't until you're the other side of that park. Really, you can't actually just stop. No. To look. At the Eiffel Tower without being interrupted yeah. every two seconds. You will be approached. Yeah. yeah. And especially, that's what I don't like. Especially if you've got a camera. Yeah. And they're on you. Um, so yeah, that wasn't a great introduction. And we just walked so long. Yeah. Um, we were already sore and out of shape. <laughs> uh, the, we then went to go and get something, try and find something to eat. Just a little cafe or something. Um there were no cheap ones, really. Or well, there was nowhere... Well, it's Paris. Well, it's so. Paris, yeah. Um, but we did eventually find... That's right. No, we found a little patisserie. Yeah. And we got something to eat. But then it's, oh, we'll just go find somewhere to sit. And the, you have to go back to the park. Yeah. There are no benches that we could see. No. Sort of once you get in the the, city, the more city part of the city. Um, that was essentially our first day. Um, now, there was nothing saying we couldn't have parked for the night. Mm. That's the name of the upstairs park for night. <laughs> um, I think we could have stopped there for the night, but it's right next to a main road. Yeah. Uh, so we actually went out. We ended up stopping somewhere near Disneyland. Accidentally. Accidentally. Although, Stumbled across Disneyland. But anyone who knows, we actually went quite a long way out of Paris mm. to get there. But we wanted somewhere quiet and out of the way. And the... I know it was also because we were meeting my friends the next morning. Oh well, yeah, and we were meeting. Yeah, and they were That's camping right, yes. near there anyway. So. That's right. Yeah. Um, and we ended up accidentally getting fuel at Disneyland. And they have their own <laughs> petrol station. Again, uh, we were struggling to find a petrol station. Yes, one thing we'd learned, and the piece of advice we give, is Google will tell you where petrol stations are. 
it will not know whether they're open or not. Yeah. Because this one said it was open, and we got there, and it was... It, not only did it look closed, it looked abandoned. Yeah. It was in some car park of a hotel or something I as well, wasn't so. it? Um, yes, so we came right the way out of Paris uh, to spend the night, but then we went back to Paris. We ended up parking on the opposite side of the city. Yep, next to Chateau de Vincent. In Chateau de Vincent. De Vincent. And there was actually a ro- bit of a tip. There's a road there which... Um, uh, lined by trees it's a big straight road and there are lots of camper vans yeah parked there i think some people sort of live there um which had an odd vibe to it it did like you kind of think ah plenty of vans are parked here this must be safe mm. but then you think some of these people might live here does that mean it's safer or less safe yeah no. not sure um but this is when we found out about the 10 single tickets yeah thing um for I say sixteen ninety. That's about that's less than fifteen pounds. Yeah, and that's for two people. So for, t- for the for the two of us, it was five trips. Yeah. Um. So one to get in, one to get out, and three to get around. And we went back in, and we went to see. Uh, we saw the town hall, or city hall rather. Yeah. Uh, which is right next to Notre Dame, which obviously uh, there's been less than a year, I think, since the fire. Yeah. So that was. Well, it's only been a year recently, hasn't it? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And we just, you know, we wandered around Paris seeing the sites. We went to the, the central mosque. Oh, yeah. Which, the thing with the mosque, because um, we ended up seeing a lot of cathedrals uh, in Europe. Mm. Paris wasn't one because the big one, you know. Is under repair. Is under repair, yeah. <laughs> uh, so we went to the mosque. Um, the thing to remember if you want to go and visit the mosque, beautiful buildings. Yeah. All the, because all the, uh, the, you have the whole courtyards and all the, the decorations and everything else. But there are uh, dress codes. Yes, of course. Uh, Just be respectful. Yes. It's the same as any other religious place. Yeah, the more orthodox countries have dress codes for churches. Yeah. Um, but this, like a woman was trying to get in. I think she had a, a skirt on. Yeah. But it was a short skirt. It was above her knee. Yeah. So and not they okay. have guys there like, no, sorry, could you no, yeah. cover up? Uh, women have to cover their head up. Um, interesting, though, know, if uh, you are... Of the Muslim faith, you get in for free. Yeah, it's a mosque. Yeah. Um, otherwise, oh, I can't remember how much it was. Like five euros, I think it was. I think it was even less than that. I think it was less, more like three. A couple of euros, yeah. yeah. Uh, it certainly was cheap enough to not really worry about yeah. going in there. Um, and then we went to the, the Arc de Triomphe, which is hell on earth. It's fantastic. Um, I like the Arc de Triomphe. Like the Arc de Triomphe... I mean, the Arc de Triomphe itself, because yeah. there's a, a, an underground path that gets you... Because it's, it's basically a big roundabout. Yeah. Which goes off in, like, is it nine directions? Twelve. Twelve. Okay, even worse. <laughs> but there are no lanes on the road. Nope. And it's that common sort of story, that story everybody knows, isn't it? Like, no travelling... No, sorry, no vehicle insurance is valid on that. Really? Yeah, I'm sure that's a thing. Okay. Maybe maybe that's just a, an old wives' tale. I don't know. Maybe uh, because it's so like horns are constantly going because there are no lane markings. No, it's just a big round bit of tarmac and people go around. Yeah, um, but it's beautiful chaos. <laughs> it really is. I would personally like to drive there. Maybe not so much in. Actually, no. Moya would be fine because of the size she is, and because of the colour she is. 
people who go round. <laughs> Maybe, but it's just the bikes. The, it's the same as in any, like, you know, anyone who's driven through London will know that it's the people on two wheels yeah. that are the danger. And you know that they're not going to hurt you, but you could kill them Yeah. by them being idiots. Yeah, but yeah. then I've ridden through London on a bike and I didn't feel safe at all. Well, yeah, because true. Of everyone else. <laughs> um, um, but no, so... Um, yeah, Arc de Triomphe. Yeah, well, no, that was it. I'm just saying, you know... Um, Paris has got nice things to see. Yeah. Uh, the Eiffel Tower is not one of them. No. Um, not at all. It's not worth... I mean, if you're going to get there to go up the top, obviously it's worth considering we were doing things on a budget, so we're trying to do free things. Mm. So we didn't go to any of the museums. That's probably amazing mm. museums. But going... I think it's not really worth going to the Eiffel Tower unless... Or just go there prepared. Just know yeah. you're not going to be left alone. Yeah. Uh, so we went there on the end of the season on a slightly rainy day. It was threatening rain all day. Mm. It was not good. Uh, also, I don't think the Eiffel Tower is actually that cheap either. No? No, not, from no. what I remember. So as you say, it's uh, like one cost to get to the bottom, yes. like just to the base of the to tower. Yeah. And then it's another cost to go halfway up, I think. Yes. And then it's another cost to go all the way to the top. Yes. So if you want to do all of those things... Yeah. That's a lot of money. Bring your wallet. Um, Bring your life savings. Bring your life savings. Um, but yeah, so we did that and then we, we left the city. Mm. And so we were heading towards Luxembourg. We got stuck in like a major Oh, we got stuck on the ring road, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. I remember I was driving. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Par- the, the Paris is like, it's very... You know, there are. I say we had a better day the second day. Yeah, definitely. Um, oh, we didn't mention Sacre Coeur. That was like one of my favourite parts. Oh, of course, we went to Sacre Coeur as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of stairs. Lots of um, stairs. If you want to buy a padlock, there are plenty of people there to sell you padlocks. <laughs> because I don't know whether it's just a European thing. I don't know. But like padlocks on bridges. Yeah. Or, Any or railings. Sorry. So there's no bridges. Sacre Coeur is on top of a hill. But uh, some very steep steps to get there, yeah. and then before you've caught your breath, there's about three blokes. Like, what about a padlock? No, thank you. I'm fine for blocks. Um, but if you need a padlock, it's you know. Oh, I do need one. Um, or you can spend like, ten euros on one and write on it. And there's probably another bloke walking around selling sharpies as well. Wouldn't be surprised. So you can write your initials on the lock and stick it on a railing for no one to look at. Um, but beautiful views of the city from up there, I think. Yes, we we did have a much that better nice. we did have a much better day the second day in yeah. Paris. Um, but Paris isn't as romantic as everybody makes out to be. Getting on the ring road, <coughs> excuse me, my voice is breaking. Finally, um, <laughs> getting on the ring road really drives home like it's not around the touristy bits. They do their best. Yeah, but it's not a very pleasant city. No. Um, I'm sure people have had completely different experiences, but I've been. This isn't just from this experience. I had to go to Paris for work, uh, not long before leaving for this trip, and yeah, it's not. Yeah. It's not great. Um, so we left, and we ended up in Reims. Now, was there any particular reason we went to Reims? Reims was just on the way. It was just on we, the way between Paris and Luxembourg, really. Yeah. There's Reims and then Metz if you come out a little bit, but we yes. didn't want to come out that way. We just wanted yeah. to carry on straight to Luxembourg. Yeah. But um, Reims was about halfway. Yes. Ish. But we didn't drive straight to Reims that evening, did we? Because it was evening, but it was night by the time we left Paris. Yes. Um, but 
even with reams yeah i think we got there during the day it was late afternoon when we got to reams it was yes um but we one of the reasons we stopped in reams is because it was halfway and because it had one of these motorhome camper van service areas and laundry and laundry yes there's yes. a laundrette um we had to start thinking about that sort of thing fairly quick mm. uh, now if you use the park for night app um the good areas they have icons for um different levels of motorhome areas whether they're free or you have to pay for them or they're just uh, discharge points so the discharge points um they have signs for them on the roads in europe yeah and it's a picture of a, a motorhome with an arrow pointing out into a bucket of water yeah at the bottom so that's your discharge point and a lot of the time, those places will have dedicated parking spaces attached to them. Mm-hmm. Now, the one in Reims, because again, emissions charges, we couldn't drive into Reims. But Reims is a small enough place we could park. This one was at the university. It was, yeah. Just round the back. And there were about eight, I want to say, parking spaces for motorhomes. Mm-hmm. So you park in there. <clears throat> now, it was a bit inconvenient. Well, it wasn't. The, the service point was at the, the opposite side of the building. Yeah, it was by the entrance. By the entrance. Yeah. So you come in, you go past the service point, and you go around the back. But there's a fresh water point, so you can fill mm-hmm. up on drinking water. There's a drain basin, so you park over to discharge your grey water. Yeah. And there's a covered thing to discharge your black water. So, oh, God, stop touching that. So you can fill up on all your water, you can discharge all the stuff you don't want. Um... And then it was about a 15-minute walk to the cathedral mm-hmm. in the middle yeah. of town. And it turns out Reims is like a whole load of history, doesn't it? Yeah, loads and loads. It's where the... Back to the Romans. Well, that's where the French monarchy used to be crowned. Yes, at Reims Cathedral. Um, and there's Roman ruins there. Yep, you've got Port de Mars. Uh, there's also somewhere used to be a temple of Mars, I think. Yes. Um, um, it was... Uh, some stuff Reims was under construction at the time. As was most of Europe. But yeah, we found out if, if you're going to Europe in the off-season, like parking is a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot more parking available to you, but that is when they do all their restoration works and construction works, Yeah. when there's less tourists. Um, there's a nice uh, superhero cafe crepe place. Crepe place. Was that in Reams? Reams? Yeah, we sat outside. I remember that. I didn't yeah. know that was in Reams. That's Reams, by the, near oh. the fountain. Yeah. Mm. Ah, there you go but yes Reims is a, a pleasant little surprise on the way to Luxembourg yes um, and then the road from there to Luxembourg is essentially just a big load of tarmac um, with memorials With mem- yeah because yeah, you go past um, the town of or through Verdun yeah rather, which is obviously a big World War One site yeah you sort of realise then this, yeah this is where all the trenches were mm. um a lot of people died here in the last hundred years. Yeah. Um, well, hundred and well, more than hundred years now. Over World War One. Yeah. Ago, yeah. Um, we didn't stop at any of those um, because we were we were a bit rushed the first part of this trip because yeah. of uh, visa requirements or visa time slots for Russia. Yeah. So we had to get through this all fairly quick. Um, and we carried on to Luxembourg, which we won't talk about this episode, but then later on. So we went from Luxembourg into Belgium, and then we get back into Lille yep. to meet your friends again on the way back from their rally yeah. trip. Uh, Lille, again, because it's France, emissions zones, you can't drive into the, the centre. It's not as bad as Paris. No. 
it's more it's a smaller area that you're not allowed in uh, and this is why it's really worth getting an app because some towns and cities will have emission zones but say hamburg for example mm. is the best example i can think of it's literally a stretch of one road yeah that you can't go down yeah and you'll get fined if you do um so leo wasn't as bad and we found a place up out of the city sort of near along the canal i think it was yeah it was the it? other side of the canal yeah uh, it was there are buses but where we were sort of near an industrial area mm. um there were we couldn't find any connecting any any bus stops or anything that we could no. understand but it was about a half hour walk it wasn't bad into the city it wasn't too bad um, and it wasn't a bad night's sleep either considering it was just we didn't sleep no we, no we drove out didn't we sorry yeah. okay well we'll come back to that then um, and yeah it's I mean I'm worried that if we just start describing all these cities we go to in northern in western Europe they're going to get very similar maybe because they're but all quite Lille, similar Lille had its own character I'd, I've been to Lille before mm. with school when I was younger for like a Christmas market um but, like, Lille Cathedral stands out massively. Yes. Because it's got such a modern facade. Yes. On such an old yes. building. Um, and I'd say that's definitely worth going to, if you're into cathedrals and that kind of architecture. Um, and then Lille Town Centre, at the time, they had those um, fantasy, Mexican-inspired yes. animal statue things. It was an exhibition... In the conjunction with a Mexican town, yes, or city, yeah, and so they had the the one of the main roads which led to the train station, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Uh, it? Was along with these huge, yeah, sculptures, brightly coloured, brightly coloured, weird fantasy, fantasy Mexican, like you said, yeah. Um, and there was also a protest going on. A nurses, was it nurses? Yes, I think it was nurses. Uh, the, the the guy came and he spoke enough English to explain what was going on. Um, they they basically wanted a pay increase because they now have to do specialist work with yeah. with certain children. So the children with like extra special needs, yeah, they weren't getting the financial support they needed they to help needed, them properly. Yeah. Uh, and we'll happily sign those petitions because exactly. the guy the guy just wanted names. Yeah, he didn't want he wasn't asking for money. Um, yeah. and you could tell it was a proper protest. Had all the people out. We thought it was some sort of party going on. <laughs> Oh, everybody's like, just Ooh, as, what's this? Everybody's just as doctors. Is it? Oh, no, it's a protest. Okay, fair enough. Sorry. Um, and then Lille also had that other church we went to. I want to say St. Michael's. There's a lot the, of St. Michael's. Yeah, off the top <laughs> of my head. Um, and that was quite nice. They had some in, like amazing paintings around it. Yeah. Uh, other than that, it was quite bare and grey. The church? Yeah. Yes, that's, yes, that's, it was quite grey. Yeah, exactly. An older one, yeah. Um... But no, there's nothing. Yeah, we. I say a lot of these like Reams. Reams we spent a couple of days in because we had to do. We got there like you say in the middle of the day. Yeah, we had to go and do laundry, mm. and then another day. So we ended up spending two nights there. I think yeah. two or three nights. Um, Leo, we only spent the one day in. Yeah. Um, again, because we had to get to Russia and out in and out of Russia, and we were trying to do things cheap, so we were not going into museums. No. Uh, we're not really eating out. We'll get a coffee here and there. Mm. Um, and we'll, we'll, we try and have, each new country we go to, we try and have, like, sample their cuisine yes. a little bit if we can. Yes. Um, 
Sorry, I crept. Yes. Um, but it's worth noting, funnily enough, um, I only picked this up in Morocco because Morocco basically has the same general etiquette as uh, France for these sort of things. Mm. But going into a cafe or something, that you you find yourself a seat and sit down. Yes. And they will come and serve you. Yes. So you don't walk in and wait to be seated. Mm. It's probably different in unless there's a sign there saying please wait to be seated. You just go in and sit down, and they will realise you're sat there. Yeah. And they'll come and sort you out. And then you have to ask for the bill as well at the end. Yes. Um, as I, weirdly, it's the same in Morocco. Well, it's not weird. Well, it's, it's not weird. There's no French colony. Yeah. Um, I say, in terms of the north of France, that's all we did. And that's about all there is to it. Yeah. Um, the risk of rabbiting on about nothing. Um, but it's a good first country to go to because they are so accommodating to motorhomes and camper yeah. vans. Like if you want, we could have gone to a campsite, you know, to get electric hookup and, and to do laundry and things like that. Mm. Um, but you know, we're doing it on the cheap. We know people. We've seen people on the social medias um, doing this sort of trip, but in campsites. Yeah. And I say from the evidence, seen France is the best place for camper vans. They are everywhere. Yeah. These campsites, and they're all of high quality. Or at least of a, a minimum quality, you know, you're not going to go yeah. get a just a, a car park that they charge you to stay in. Um, and I say Lille, we didn't feel too comfortable about stopping where we parked. At, where we parked for the day was fine, mm. but it was like a little car park in amongst a load of flats. Yeah. Now, we didn't feel especially threatened there, we just felt like we were more in the way. Yeah. Um, it's not a small vehicle. No, it's, it's, it's a... It's a Big camper van. Well, it's a big van with a box sticking off the back of it. Yeah. Uh, but so we did just drive out, and they have some nature, kind of like a green belt sort of initiative mm. around Lille. And there were car parks out there, and again, same thing. As long as you you're out in the middle of nowhere, mm. so as long as you don't make a mess, as long as you don't make noise, you people are happy enough to have you there. Yeah. And that's the thing. There are a lot of places, not necessarily in France, um, or more in the Mediterranean side of things. Um, where there are car parks that have specifically state no motorhomes mm. or camper vans. And that's because people go there and make mess yeah. and make noise. So don't be that guy. Don't ruin it for everybody else. <laughs> Just, you know, and that, that extends to people getting tables and chairs out and set, yeah. get, setting up a camp. So I know you're in a camper van, camp in the van. Yeah. Don't get all, at a campsite. Yeah, it's for that. But when you're wild camping, don't do that because then it upsets people mm. and then they'll start banning people. So that's about it for Northern France. I think, I so. think. Uh, Next episode we'll be doing Luxembourg. Which Ooh, Luxembourg. may be a little bit shorter but because it's a small country. It is. Um, but I could go on for days. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, again, if you've got any... If we've missed something obvious or if you really want to argue that the Eiffel Tower is the best place to go in the world ever, or anything else. Got any questions? Um, I say we'll be doing these on a country by country basis in the order we did them. Mm-hmm. Uh, just basically to try and give everybody as much of an understanding as the country if they're planning to go there themselves. Yes. Um, so if you have any questions for us, you can find us on Facebook at Catavan UK. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram, which is at Catavan UK. UK. We are on YouTube. We don't have enough subscribers to get our own URL yet, so just search for Catavan 
or Catavan UK, and you should find us. Uh, we do have a website, which we're slowly coming around to updating. Yeah, but the we website's kind of taken a backseat for Yeah, that. but we have extremely slow internet here, which makes it incredibly difficult yeah. to update the website. Um, but that's catavan.co.uk. Yeah. And that's all the social media, isn't it? I think so. And obviously the this podcast, which you'll be listening to. Um, oh, no, you can search for us on Redbubble. Oh, yes, of course. For some products... <laughs> My thing. <laughs> your thing, yes. What is your Forgot thing? forgot about that. Um, yeah, so if you go on Redbubble and search for Catavan, that will give you all of our designs that are on there at the moment. By designs, I mainly mean my photography from this trip so far. Well, that's T-shirts, clocks. Yes. Basically, any, anything and everything that you could possibly want something printed on. Um, that Redbubble allows. Yeah, that Redbubble yeah. allows. And they do have a massive variety. Um, and I I am adding more and more designs on there as much as I can, internet yeah. allowing. So yeah. check it out. Yeah, and uh, we hope you've enjoyed this episode. Hope it's been a little bit insightful for you. Perhaps. And hopefully we'll see you, well, we won't see you. Hopefully you'll be listening to us next time. Yes, for Luxembourg. Yes. For Luxembourg. Bye. Same time next week. Bye.